Welcome to another episode of We're Getting There. It's a podcast for people like us who are just works in progress. And if you've already perfected this thing called life, um, this might not be the podcast for you, but maybe you're someone who finds that sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. And if that's you, you're in good company with us here today. Um, Well, welcome. It's been a little bit since we've uh, done this podcast and uh, (coughs) Thanksgiving has happened Mm -hmm. and... What's going? What's going on? Give us a little bit of background. What's oh, been going on? Me first. You first. Oh yeah, Thanksgiving and family and uh, my actually my side of the family's Thanksgiving got canceled. My poor mom got sick the day we were supposed to celebrate, so that didn't work out. Um, but would you like to talk about the new additions to our the Fox family? Family has grown. By four paws. By four. Eight? Eight paws. Eight paws. Yeah. yeah. I can do math, I promise. We, it's late uh, tonight. I was um, thinking their front paws, I guess. I wasn't really thinking. So, um, we, our kids, we have not had animals in the house for, hmm, six years, more than that. I yeah. don't know what it was. And mm-hmm. um, we've been renting and have not been able to have pets. And so, we've been talking about getting a pet for Christmas. So, um so since we bought a house, we bought a house and now, um, we decided that we would surprise the kids, uh, early with a Christmas present and we were able to go rescue a couple little baby kittens, uh, from the humane society and we, uh, adopted them mm-hmm. and brought them home. And mm-hmm. so now we have two little cute, all black baby kittens that, uh, we have named Jade and hazel because of their eyes. Yeah, one has green eyes and the other has a brownie, brownish, greenish, hazel colored eyes. So we thought those were cute names. And they are lots of fun. They are. And lots of trouble. They are lots of trouble. But they're super sweet and they snuggle and they love our kids. That was one thing we were nervous about was you never know with cats because cats are cats. So... You never know if they're going to be the snuggly, playful kind, or if they're going to be the hide and never come out kind. So um, they are thus far the snuggly, playful kind. And it doesn't seem to deter them when we've had play dates and friends over. Nope. Um, They still stay out and play with everybody that's here, and they let the kids pick them up. And so, so far, so good. Yeah, it's been good. So, um, So anyway, since we've been gone... Mm-hmm. Since you've been gone, sorry. Um, <laughs> we uh, we're gonna start a new series. It'll be a marriage series, um, and it actually happened uh, last episode. I did a few more things as far as our um, thoughts on communication, and um, one thing that came up was the book "His Knee Turnies" by Willard F. Harley Jr. And we started kind of kicking this around between. Um, Melissa and I, and we were like, you know what? That would be actually a really good, um, actually Melissa brought it up and said, this would be a really good, um, outline to begin our marriage series, um, because it just hits a lot of topics. And so, um, you know, pretty much all the topics I feel like. (laughs) Yeah. So, so we will be, um, we've, we say this all the time. We're going to be super honest. Um, and 
if you know us, <laughs> you know, um, we're sorry. <laughs> we, yeah, yeah, you're going to have to excuse. We're going to have <clears throat> probably PG 13 language um, in this, uh, yeah. not grotesque by any means, but we're definitely going to be honest and open about, um, like we always say, our struggles, our trials, our past, our present. Um, and so it's going to, you know, it's going to be raw. It's going to be who we are. Um, and some of the, the language is going to just, you know, we're going to talk about sex uh, and uh, the kids are in bed so we can do this. Um, and <laughs> so yeah. we're going to, we're going to chat about that. Yeah. Um, so like Justin was saying, there's, uh, this book goes through just about everything. And so the first, um, two things that we're going to hit on today, um, the first, the opener of the book, if you will, um, is how to affair proof your marriage um, is the first part. And then the next part, we'll talk about the love bank, which we've mentioned before in some of our previous podcasts about communication, but we'll talk a little bit more in depth about that. But, um, um, first, um, I'm just going to have, so the book is about the top 10 emotional needs of men and women. So it'll, it goes five and five. So th- that's kind of how we'll, go through all this. So babe, why don't you give us the top 10 emotional needs that we'll be discussing in this series? Yeah. So they're kind of in pairs, um, but they, they don't always line up perfectly, but they're kind of, you know, top, like, like you said, top five for each. Um, and so they would be affection and sexual fulfillment. So that'll be one uh, intimate conversation and recreational companionship. That'll be another honesty and openness and physical attractiveness financial support and domestic support, and finally, family commitment and admiration. So those will be kind of the next lineup for our podcast. And yeah. and we'll um, we'll try and uh, keep those together and kind of give you um, kind of a snapshot of each one. Yeah. And the author, he's, um, he's pretty good to say um, a, a few times that these are not hard, fast rules, that these are, on average, these are the top in order for men and on average these are the top in order for women um what he does stress is finding out or figuring out what your top emotional needs are and and being willing to work on those things you know the you know as a wife you need to find out what your husbands are and as a husband you need to find out what your wives are and then um, be committed to working on those things in fact he opens the book up with saying that when you get married, you are committing to fulfill, exclusively fulfill certain intimate needs of your spouse. Mm-hmm. That that you, you know, you don't fulfill every need that your spouse has necessarily. I mean, right. there are some needs that are met other other ways or can be met other ways, um, but that there are some exclusive needs that are only to be met by your spouse. Um, and he talks a little bit about, um, just, uh, well, one of the things that he, that he opens the book with, which is something that, um, can come as kind of a, 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 can be a point of contention or maybe pushback for some people is that, um, an affair can happen to anyone. Yeah. You know, he talks about how he's um he's a counselor so he's counseled hundreds of couples and he talks about how you know no one ever thinks that their spouse would be the one to 
um, step outside of marriage and nobody thinks that, you know, or nobody thinks that they would be the ones to mm-hmm. step outside marriage. Like everybody thinks, you know, even if it got really bad, that's just not my character. Right. And I think that it's easy for us. It's easy for me for sure. Like to go, you know, that's just not my character. It wouldn't be my character to do that. Like I'm not, I wouldn't be interested in, in anybody else. Even if, even if I was, mad at you or not feeling if I wasn't, even if I wasn't feeling you, like I could, you know, I, I, I would venture to say that I would be confident in my ability to not fall in love with somebody else, right? you know, but that's, you know, pride cometh, right. But, and, and he makes a good point of using the, I was never good at this pronoun, um, you, yeah. Uh, in, in this first chapter. And he says, uh, I'm making a point to use you and not they or, or you and not the other person, because we always go, well, I would, like you said, I would never, but he makes a good point in saying um, you, these things about you and yourself and it's who we should focus on, right. you know, immediately is, is what, what are we doing in yeah. this? So, yeah. So if you've tuned out or you're about to tune out because you think, well, this, this doesn't apply to me because mm-hmm. I would never, um, then never say never yeah. and tune keep, back in. keep listening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, uh, so he, he, he defines affair. So mm-hmm. why don't we talk about what that, what that looks like in case, you know, yeah, just, just, I liked his definition and kind of what he talks about there. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, that even before we get there, uh, just real quickly, um, he said that you, um, he wanted to point out that, uh, that your source of, um, pleasure or frustration can come from that person in those needs. I just wanted to say that before, because it leads to the, it leads to the uh, affair talk. Um, but he said that when, when you're, those exclusive and intimate needs that you mentioned before that those can, if you're focused on meeting those of your spouse, that you can become a source of great pleasure. You become that source of, of great joy in their life. But when you don't, or they don't, then there is um, a source of frustration and they see you as that. Right. And so when it comes to affairs, um, he's very careful to, to point out that affairs can be, not just physical, but emotional mm-hmm. and, and not just, uh, you know, not just, you know, making love with someone else other than touching someone else, but, but honestly, even just confiding in and just, um, talking to and venting to uh, can become and can lead to, uh, an affair. Yeah. So he talks about how, yeah, he talks about, um, by definition, an affair is usually involves both both an emotional and physical extramarital relationship. Right. Um, but then he, yeah, he separates the two that, that some, sometimes you can have just, just a sexual relationship. And then sometimes you can have just an emotional relationship with someone. Um, but that any, anything outside of any, any time a need is being met, one of those, one of those intimate needs that, is being met by someone who is not your spouse. That's an affair. And he said that those are the hardest. Uh, the ones that involve both right. are some of the most difficult ones that the people can't seem to get over mm-hmm. is because it's not just one or the other, but literally someone else is meeting 
pretty much all of the needs that could be met and uh, and and it's not just well they were lonely so they talked with somebody or well he wasn't getting the sexual attention he needed so, or, or she whatever the case is it was both and and uh, the, he said those are the hardest to counsel through yeah 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 um so um and again we talked about um what they are and what they can be. Um, and as far as affairs and kind of how they typically begin, we've kind of hinted at this already, but that they uh, are usually an unmet need. One of these needs that we're talking about, his needs, her needs. Um, and they're usually spurred on by somebody uh, not feeling like their need. And again, we're, as we mentioned before, the needs are specifically given, <laughs> specifically needed, and you commit to um, these things. And that's how he sets up the premise of the book, because that's really where these tend to, to come from, uh, would be you not feeling like your need is being met. And so, um, maybe we can talk a little bit about that as far as like exam, you know, maybe examples or, or thoughts that we have on that as far as, uh, unmet needs and how that could lead to, to thoughts at least. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I think, you know, we, um, you know, we've, we talked about this briefly in our communication series about how sometimes when we, um, attempt to communicate or even just to do life when we have an unmet need that, that in and of itself just becomes a huge source of frustration. And, and typically if we go, if we, if we meet that need, then, then it opens the lines of communication and relationship and, and whatever else. Um, and yeah. And that's, I think that's like one thing I always tend to cringe on, uh, is <laughs> when I hear somebody going kind of off about their spouse or talking to someone else about their spouse and don't get me wrong we've all needed to vent for a second you know or we need some counsel or we just need a friend to listen to us when we're going through a tough time but especially when it's a member of the opposite sex and I feel like that's where you and I tend Mm to um, kind of draw our guardrails from yeah is um, we don't have friends yeah exclusively of the opposite sex right now we would have obviously a couple friends that we, you know, we both hang out with both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't hang out exclusively or talk exclusively with someone of the opposite sex. And we don't have any kind of, you know, relationship with them outside of each other. Right. And I think that that's just something that we've seen, um, in, in relationships that at least when, and, and it's again, again, you, you know, the whole title of the podcast we're getting there we're not trying to say that we have this down perfectly but something that we tend to cringe and you know look at each other you know like uh that's not good um when those relationships are oh i've heard it oh this is my friend so and so and you know we we talk all the time you know and i'm like uh you should probably think and this is you know and this is something that um that gets a lot of pushback Mm -hmm. right because and even like, and I think that this is something that got a lot of pushback when, um, it gets a lot of pushback or it gets a lot of, like, it gets tricky, especially in the early parts of, of relationship, even before marriage. Mm-hmm. So if you're single and you're listening, this is good. This is good information right here <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, it's, it can be difficult when you are in, um, in close relationship with people of the opposite gender to 
continue on those relationships once you're dating someone that you in that with the intention of marrying them it gets really tricky really quickly and and this is why because friends especially close friends meet needs that we have especially before we're married Mm -hmm. like we when we have that need for um, companionship and intimate conversation is one of the things that we're going to be talking about. And, you know, they might, they might not be meeting, um, certain af- affection and sexual needs, but they might be meeting some, some of those, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like some, some affection might be being given by them, even if it's just a hug or a, a shoulder to lean on or a hand to hold, you know, even if it's just, you know, little things, those little things become tricky to navigate once you're in a committed relationship with, with someone who's intending to become your spouse someday. And I can speak to that from, um, our early years. And, um, this is not in the notes, this is off the cuff. You guys are getting the raw stuff today. (laughs) Um, you know, but, but we, I remember we were dating pretty darn sure. I don't know if we were engaged yet, but I don't think we were, but Um, we were, we were pretty sure we were going to get married. We were, we were pretty (laughs) sure. Um, and I remember, out of church church friend needed to talk and you know friend that i had been and and she you know wanted to talk to me about you know boyfriend issues mm-hmm. uh and you know i've been a good friend for a long long time mm-hmm. and uh so i'm talking to you know my girlfriend about this other girl that wants to talk to me about her boyfriend this was dumb you know Mm -hmm. but again this is this is something that maybe if you are single you can listen and learn from practice like you're gonna be married you know start make cutting those things out that was the best advice premarital advice some of the best advice we ever got Mm -hmm. was go through all your junk Mm -hmm. like your notes your letters your stuff and again this is you know preparing for marriage and get rid of it you got a stuffed animal from so-and-so get rid of it Mm -hmm. you got and it seems silly but man it it will save you later you got you know pictures that you know you don't need of exes or whatever get rid of them Mm -hmm. um because you know you don't need though you don't need someday you're feeling bad and you go look at your photo album and Mm go huh i wonder what so-and-so's doing you know yeah Uh, so so yeah anyway good advice there yeah and like um in the world of, uh, social media, even just, you know, I am not friends on Facebook. Justin's not on Facebook, but I'm on, on Facebook. I try, try carefully not to be friends with any men. If I'm not friends with their wives, Mm -hmm. that's usually my, generally my rule. Like unless either they're maybe on a, on a ministry team that I'm part of and I don't know their wife, maybe like, and, and they're, you know what I mean? Even I'm, so you still try to be, so, you yeah. try to make friends with their wives. Yeah. And, and anyone I'm friends with on social media, Justin knows that I'm friends with on social media. And so, um, we're going down a dangerous path there with making sure, I know. you know, <laughs> I, know. I, I mean, we could go into a whole thing with that, but, but yeah, just, just some practical advice for, for people who are single and looking to get married or who are, um, who are on their way there or just married or whatever, just, um, knowing that it's, it, yeah, it's, it's can be difficult to navigate how friendships look with people of the opposite sex when you are married. And so for us, our best advice is, you know, just don't, just don't, Mm -hmm. don't don't have friends with somebody who's 
I feel like we kind of got off on a little it's bit okay. of a rabbit trail and right. stuff, but um, just don't, don't have, don't have friends. Don't set yourself up to have someone that could, that could potentially meet an emotional need of yours. And we've seen that it. is, that is of the opposite gender because, because it can happen to anyone. We've seen it with our, our friends. We have, you know, lots of friends that have gone through this yeah. very same thing. And you think, again, we go back to the top. It can't happen to me. It can right. happen to anyone. Right. You're having a bad... And it doesn't even have to mean that your relationship with your spouse is, like, horrible. It mm-hmm. can just mean that you're not getting the admiration that you feel like you need. And, and, and maybe there's, uh, you know, or the... the the intimacy that you feel like you need. Um, and and I think that that can even spawn into other things. Like, you know, I've, there's been a couple of times, um, when I've been in just kind of, I'm a, I'm a, like, I'm a thinker and I'm a, um, like I'm a debater and not, not very many women that I know are like me and, and like to have those kinds of conversations either because they're just not interested in, theology or politics or, you know, talking about this or that, or, you know, either they're not interested in it or they're just not like interested in being at all confrontational or debating. I, I happen to like that kind of conversation. And so, you know, there have been a couple times when men who absolutely adored their wives and I had no, I had no question in my mind that their wives were number one to them. But even, even so, if we would get wrapped up in a conversation, um, and these were men who were also friends with, with Justin, um, these were not my exclusive friends. These were church friends that we were married, you know, that, that were married and that we were all friends together. But if I would get wrapped up in conversations with them about this or that, you know, there were a couple of times when men would make the comment to me, I wish my wife would talk to me about this kind of stuff. She doesn't really like to you know, get into these kind of conversations and it's really fun to, to talk about. And in those moments, it just threw up a red flag for me. Not because, again, not because I at all thought that these men were interested in me on any kind of, you know, relational level necessarily, but I was in that moment meeting a need that was important to them that their wife did not meet. And it just, you know, it made me go, okay, you know, pause. We can't have lengthy type, you know, lengthy, lengthy conversations like this because of that. Because you were fulfilling, even if it's not an essential need, you you were fulfilling something that they desire, found desirable, mm-hmm. and unintentionally can even happen. Yeah. You know, and if if you're and if you're not intentional, yeah. That's that that exactly. And I think that we are. <laughs> I'm sure we have blind spots, but we are intentional about who we hang out with and who we allow to, um, who we spend time with, who we put energy into. I mean. Um, so I think that that's, uh, that's definitely, that's some good advice, um, yeah. right there. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, again, I'll even go as far as to say, I'm, I'm super careful with how I, um, su- super careful with how I interact with men physically and, and, and hear me when I say, I don't mean for this to turn into like a legalistic, right. um, 
battleground here. I'm not, I'm not anyone's Holy Spirit, nor am I trying to be, but, um, just from my own experience, you know, I try to be, and I know Justin tries to be super careful about how we interact with people physically, because, you know, if, if sexual fulfillment is a high emotional need for, um, a husband and that need is not being met by his wife. And I'm Madam hugs a lot who likes to full body embrace every man at church. Sure. You know, when is it going to come to a point where I'm hugging the guy who's starved for physical attention and I have to be careful not to feed that mm-hmm. in any way. Um, and in the same way, you know, you have to be careful how much uh, affection you're willing to show, you know, a lady, you know, as a, as someone in ministry and who's been a pastor, you know, a worship pastor and who's, you know, who leads small groups and Bible studies and whatever, you know, how much, um, how much of a listening ear are you willing to lend or how much, you know, like I said, affection are you willing to show if someone's you know, going through a hard time and, 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 you know, even in saying, Hey, will you pray for me? You know, this dot, dot, dot. And, you know, you, you just have to be, we just have to be careful. So got to be diligent. And, and that kind of leads us into the next chapter, I think, um, you know, we hinted at this last time, so we don't need to spend, you know, an hour doing this, but, um, he talks about the love bank and maybe you can kind of talk a little bit about, um, what he means by that and just kind of give us an overview and we'll jump into that. Yeah. Um, so like we've discussed, everybody has a love bank. Um, and in your love bank, people make withdrawals and they make deposits. And so he goes through how, um, your big, big deposits are going to be the ones that are, that fall within the meeting of those top emotional needs. And so obviously, you know, as, as my husband, if you, if you're the one, if you're the one exclusively showing me affection, you know, that, that fills up my love bank. When you don't, when you don't show it, um, my love bank tends to dwindle down. And then there are also what are called withdrawals where, you know, say, you know, one of the top needs for women is intimate conversation. And so if you're, if your conversation towards me for whatever reason, maybe you had a bad day at work or you're just overwhelmed with busyness or whatever. If your conversation towards me is short and short and unconcerned or just, you don't care, or, you know, you show any type of, you know, disinterest in, in what I have to say or whatever that, that, that makes a withdrawal Mm -hmm. then. And then that takes, um, you know, that takes away from my, my love bank. And so, um, you know, there's, there's some great examples in the book. Um, but another example I think of a lot is for men, um, admiration is a huge deal. You know, we talked about when we talked about the five love languages, that words of affirmation are a big deal Mm -hmm. for most men. And, you know, obviously when wives pour on the, the admiration and the, the love and respect and the, I think you're amazing talk, you know, that's making deposits. Mm -hmm. But when a wife says, you know, 
You always mess this up. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or, you know, I wish you were more like so-and-so. Or, you know, why can't you be like this person? Or, you know, when they say certain things, you know, or, or, or maybe, you know, they have a, they have a, a bad, you know, parent and you, if they say, you know, you're just like your dad or you're just like, Mm. you know, that, you know, that's like a huge, that's like, that's a withdrawal. That's a huge withdrawal. That's, that's, you're, you're almost, you know, and and I think he, he talks about, you know, your balance and okay. So you, you make, you know, just like your bank, your real bank, you make a $2,000, you know, deposit. That's great. But then you pay rent and you pay and you have all these withdrawals that come out you're getting real close to zero. Mm -hmm. And the closer you get to zero, the more worried you start to get. And I think that that's one thing I liked that he said is your bank never closes. Yeah. It never closes. So you're at work, your bank's open and guess Mm -hmm. what? You got to be really careful just like you were saying who gets to make withdrawals and deposits in your bank because you as the spouse um, need to be the one making the primary deposits in your spouse's bank yeah and part of that is fulfilling these needs these essential needs um part of that is um you know, doing it also with joy (laughs) and doing it with, with like, Oh, I, I I get to do this and not begrudgingly, but making those uh, deposits. And I think one thing, um, that we wanted to talk about in this was being careful who or what is making those deposits and withdrawals. And for me, um, one thing, and here's, here's where that some of this honesty is going to come in. Um, one thing I wanted to specifically mention is that, that sometimes it's a what, Mm -hmm. Um, and so for instance, uh, especially, and it's not just men, but it's especially men, uh, you know, pornography makes to an extent, obviously there's negatives. I'm not trying to paint it as positive, but it makes deposits or can make deposits in your love bank. Um, watching something that you shouldn't be watching, uh, thinking that it's fulfilling some, some, something for you, um, Mm -hmm. whatever that is, whatever need you feel like it's fulfilling, um, Mm -hmm. it can actually be making deposits, um, at least for that person. And so, um, when, then when you're trying to interact in a normal relationship, um, and those same deposits, you know, you don't feel like are happening, it can be a real, a real struggle. Yeah. Because, because what ends up happening is you create unintentionally, you create competition. Yeah. And so if, you know, if your wife is making deposits into your sexual fulfillment bank, but also pornography is making deposits. That's where that competition comes in. And then you have to make a decision whose, whose deposits are more significant. Right. And your wife has to make the decision. Am, are my deposits ever going to be enough? Right. I shouldn't be competing for this right. spot. Like I should be the only one making deposits into this particular bank right and you have something else making deposits and not only not only should it not be there at all but now it's also a competition right and the same can be true for not even just sexual fulfillment the same can be true for you know intimate conversation and you know and like we're talking about admiration you know i uh you know to share to share you know, something that happened in, in my life, you know, you're not the only one with dirty laundry around here. (laughs) Um, but just to share briefly something that happened before I met Justin, there was a young man who was, um, just married and, um, because his wife made pretty significant withdrawals 
um, in the admiration department. Um, she was not too keen on some of his, um, aspirations and some of his hobbies and just things like that. And she spoke very negatively to him and about him, to him, to him, about him. Um, and she wasn't very careful with her words. She made significant withdrawals Mm -hmm. in the area of admiration. And so this was somebody I, you know, I saw at church every Sunday and, um, I wasn't married, nor was I dating anybody. I was actually, I think, a senior in high school still. And um, and he was early 20s, so not much older than me. And But anyways, through just normal friendship conversation, he would start telling me, you know, some of the things that his wife would say or do that would really kind of get him down. And at first, you know, I felt like I was just being a good listener. Um, but what was, what was being a good friend and trying to be a good listener was actually being, um, somebody who was making significant deposits Mm -hmm. because when he would say, she doesn't like that I do this, I would say, oh, well, you know, if I was, if I was your wife, I wouldn't care about that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that that's stupid or, you know, and so in his mind, it's like, you know, here I am, this, this woman over here is making withdrawals and this woman over here is making deposits. And it, it actually turned into a pretty significant emotional affair, Mm -hmm. um, to be quite honest. And had I not moved away from that situation, Uh, you know, who knows what that would have turned into aside from emotionally, you know, where it would have gone. So, and that's something that's, um, you know, like I think the book even alludes to, you don't, and I think we talked about this in the beginning, but we don't, we don't go always, everybody go Mm -hmm. looking for this. It's just something that just can happen when your guard is down, when you're, Mm -hmm. when you're feeling upset and frustrated and you go to that friend Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of why I said be careful about that. Um, mm-hmm. But you go to that friend, you start talking, and it's not with the intent to go have an emotional or physical affair with somebody. Yeah. It's to, it's the intent to just you know get get that need met, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think that that's where it leads. Um, and and so anyway, to to kind of to kind of uh, sum up uh, uh, with uh, this this topic this time, um, you know there are. Uh, there are lots of different needs and we're going to jump into those, but, um, you know, how, how are you dealing with these issues with your spouse or maybe, uh, those single people that are listening right now, how are you preparing yourself for what can be, uh, when you are married and, um, how are you interacting with others maybe who are married or who are, um, seeing someone, are you trying to be that listening ear? Um, are you taking steps to make sure that you are interacting in a way that would be honoring to that, to their spouse? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and maybe you're, um, thinking this and, and honestly, this is something that, uh, just kind of came to my mind. So, uh, you might be teetering on the edge of what should I do here? Um, mm-hmm. the grass is not greener on the mm-hmm. other side. You know, there's a great little like, um, phrase that phrase is going around that I've, and I've seen it a couple times and it's usually with a picture of like a, a woman who's 
you know, who's beautiful and, and looks well taken care of. And it says the grass isn't greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it. Yep. And you got to spend a lot of time. Uh, we, we have, we were just talking about this today. Um, we have spent a lot of time working on our grass yeah, and, for sure. and we still have some crab grass to get rid of. <laughs> we still have some brown spots to, <clears throat> sure. to, to deal with. Um, but, but it's worth it. And maybe you're listening and you're just not sure if it's worth it because you're sick of being talked to that way. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you're, you're, you're thinking, well, you know, they, they, they're not showing me the respect or, or the affection or talking to me or there's not, you know, there's not enough sexual interaction and we just, I just can't. And, 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 uh, first of all, like we said before, uh, talk with somebody, please mm-hmm. make the effort. Um, cut ties with that friend that's that you already know you're hearing this and you're like that's me cut ties with that friend mm. make the effort take a different way to work whatever it is you gotta yeah. do throw your computer throw in the your river computer <laughs> in the river for god's sake in the sake of your family throw yeah. that away and, and i'm i'm just sick uh, get a different job yeah, I don't. I mean, I've heard it just like get a different. We've, we, we say all this really passionately because we've literally we've talked to couples that their marriage was teetering on the brink of disaster and they had every excuse or every reason why they couldn't avoid this situation or that situation. And guys, just man, marriage is so worth it. It's so worth having a strong marriage that is built to to outlast all the stuff, all the things. And even, even if you're somebody who's listening and your marriage has already gone through and, and, and waged against an affair or a pornography addiction or an emotional attachment to somebody else, you know, it's, it's worth it to do the hard work. We've been through it. We've been through some of the, you know, neither one of us have had, um, you know, a physical affair with someone else, but you know, we've dealt with things that have really tested our marriage. And, um, just from, just from us to you, it's, it's so worth it to find the redeemable parts of your marriage and to just work on those things. So if you're someone who is listening and, and you feel like your marriage is just teetering on the edge of, um, fallout, you know, that there is hope for, um, there is hope for reconciliation and there is hope for a better marriage. And, and, you know, you know, we, we talked about, um, in our episode about vulnerability, we talked about being the one to go first. So if you find in, in, as we're talking about these needs over the next few weeks, or even today, you know, if you find that, you're that person who just, you're like, yeah, my love bank is always empty because my husband or my wife just doesn't dot, dot, dot. Be the one to go first. Mm -hmm. Decide that it's okay for you to go first, even if you're on E. Be okay with being the one who says, you know what, I'm going to find joy in fulfilling my spouse's needs first, even if they don't fulfill mine yet. That's good. And find you know, find joy in that. And, um, and I just think that you'll see, you'll see things start to turn around. I love that. And I think that's a perfect spot to end. Um, 
there's hope. And I think the ending on hope when we talked about so many things uh, is a good spot to end. So um, let's, um, uh, you know, uh, we're going to close out here. And, and um, I just wanted to bring up a couple things as we, as we are. Um, we always tell you about our email. Um, we are getting their podcast at gmail.com. Um, but sometimes we don't mention the other podcast platforms. And I don't know where you're listening right now, but there are other platforms. So maybe you're an Apple person. We are on Apple Podcasts or maybe you're an Android user. Um, we are on Google uh, Podcasts. We're on Spotify and um, even Alexa. You can ask Alexa to play any pod and um, uh, ask them to uh, or ask her. To, is it her? Ask it. It's weird uh, to say her. Isn't yeah, it? <laughs> it is. I, I, just, I can't. Anyway, ask ask Alexa to play any uh, any pod, and we are getting their podcast. And I guess she'll play it. I don't have one, but I guess she'll play. It. Anyway. Um, also, we just um, created a Facebook page, and this is just another uh, another avenue for you to connect with us, um, where we will uh, interact. Um, me through my wife, uh, <laughs> but we will yeah, interact. Just, uh, Justin will be interacting on there. He's not a Facebook user, but no, but we will be there. If you have questions for him, or you want to address Justin specifically, um, you know, he'll be on the page with me, and he'll be able to respond to your questions or comments that are specifically directed at him. So, and so feel free to share the, the podcast. Um, feel free to share any of those other ways to connect with us. Uh, it'll be a good spot to, to, you know, again, ask questions, go through life. Um, and even if you have somebody that you think would be good on the podcast, uh, as a, as a, an interviewee, uh, someone you think has something to share on these topics of marriage, communication, uh, any of these things that we've been talking about relationships, uh, please don't hesitate to send that to us. Um, Again, thanks for listening. Um, We love doing this and um, we will uh, talk to you next time.